Hello and welcome to Beautifully Balanced. Health and happiness aren't found in a bottle of prescription pills or with any fad diet. Instead, we can activate your body's natural ability to heal itself. And that is exactly what we're gonna do together here. I'm Sarah Teeple, a women's integrative health practitioner, and I blend the ancient wisdom of Ayurveda with the modern science of functional medicine to help you heal your gut, rebalance your hormones, and calm anxiety naturally. Here I'll teach you the smart, sustainable, personalized, and fun way to use nutrition, herbs, and healthy lifestyle to feel vibrant, energized, and beautiful inside and out. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hello and welcome. I'm so glad to be with you here today. I'm beautifully balanced. So today our focus is the three Ayurvedic rituals that I cannot live without or I will not live without. I probably would stay alive <laughs> if I didn't do these three things every day. I would not, though, experience the energy, the clarity, the quality of life, and the healthy, easy metabolism that I do experience. So I really wanted to share these top three lifestyle practices with you. Now, so many things that we hear about in diet culture and even holistic wellness culture have to do with nutrition, which is really important, right? Sometimes we call it diet or nutrition. I much prefer the word nutrition, but there's such an emphasis placed on what we eat and drink or rather, ooh, what we don't eat and drink. You know, I wouldn't touch gluten with a 10-foot pole or I never eat fast food and, you know, you mustn't eat these 10 things if you want to control your inflammation. You know, all of these what to eat and what not to eat tips that get thrown in our faces. And, you know, it's really important to mind your nutrition and to do the best that you can do with what you put in your mouth to nourish and love and heal your body. But I wanted to talk about the day-to-day -day practices. So these are the three things that have transformed my life and they've got nothing to do with food, drink, herbs, or superfoods. And I'll tell you, when a client is blocked in their healing, whether it's weight that won't budge, hormonal issues, anxiety, these three things are what we return to first. They are so important. So before I tell you my three top daily lifestyle practices, no exceptions, I do these things every day, and they have made more difference in my life and quality of life than anything else. Um, but I want to talk to you a little bit about why lifestyle practices are so important and what I mean by lifestyle practices. So in Ayurveda, this Indian system of healing that we use, um, it's an ancient system that's been continually practiced for over 5,000 years. And our primary uh, medicinal tools that we use are nutrition, herbs, teas, and lifestyle practices. And in Ayurveda, this is called your dinacharya, your daily lifestyle. So dinacharya is a Sanskrit word, the language of Ayurveda. It is composed of two root words, dina, that means daily, and acharya means your routine. So daily routines or daily rituals. And these are central in Ayurveda and in true, grounded, holistically healthy living. 
it's not just what we eat or the supplements that we take or, you know, the the healthy books and magazines and apps and, you know, cool looking workout yoga clothes that we buy, but it's what we're doing every day and the spirit with which we are doing it. So Dinacharya is all about your daily routine. And it's about your day-to-day flow. So what are you doing and when? And this is so important because your daily activities and your daily rhythm really create or support a circadian rhythm in your body. So we creatures of the earth, us human beings, are diurnal creatures. So we're meant to be up and about and active during the day. And our circadian rhythm or our daily rhythm, what hormones are produced when, when our metabolism's active, when our mind's the most clear, this really operates in a cyclical way. And we can do things day to day that support a healthy circadian rhythm, or we can be accidentally engaging in behaviors and timing that depletes or goes against our circadian rhythm. And here's how to tell, uh, here's some symptoms or signs. If you're doing things in alignment with your circadian rhythm, you're going to feel relatively energized in the morning. You're going to feel pretty ready to get out of bed. You know, we all, many of us are a little bit tired in the morning, but once you get out of bed, maybe splash a little cold water on your face, you're going to feel great and ready for your day. So when your circadian rhythm is aligned with mother nature's rhythm, we feel energetic during the day and in the morning even, we feel a good healthy appetite for three meals a day. We feel like our food is sitting well and we feel relatively energized and nourished from it, not heavy and like we need to go take a four-hour nap or like we're brain foggy or like our, you know, belly is bloated and distended, but we've got a relatively good appetite. And then when nighttime comes along, we start getting relatively sleepy and we have a relatively easy time going to sleep and sleeping through the night. Now, most of us, especially us over 40, I'm raising my hand here, we might be waking up to urinate. (laughs) during the night, um, especially if you've had babies. Um, So those are signs of a healthy circadian rhythm. You're also going to feel pretty clear in your mind. You're going to have kind of a sense of clarity and groundedness, and your body's going to have this comfort of knowing what it's going to do and when. And like your, your hormones that are produced during the day are being utilized at right time. So for my clients, we have a great handout in your Beautifully Balanced Guidebook. Um, you know, once you become my client, you'll know all about this and you will love it. Um, but there's a daily rhythms handout that we go over together. So we dive deeply into this. And I have this really cool line graph that shows the production of hormones in your body over the course of the day. So what's produced and when, and we're focusing in on two hormones, your cortisol, i.e. your stress and or energy hormone, and your melatonin, your sleep hormone. So we see these lines and what they're doing, and we want to do things over the course of the day that are aligned with, oh, when we're going to have more energy or stress hormone, more cortisol, and when we're going to have more melatonin. Um, So we kind of want to ride the waves of our hormones and locking in your daily rhythm really helps that. So on the flip side, here are some signs that your circadian rhythm is out of whack and that you need to look at your dinacharya. 
And in this episode, I'm going to help you do that. And I'm going to tell you my big three tips to get you some major benefits right now. Signs that your circadian rhythm is out of whack, feeling super sluggish in the morning, like you just have such a hard time getting out of bed or waking up super early, like waking up at 3 or 4 a.m. and not being able to go back to bed. Um, When your appetite is kind of dysregulated, like, oh, you're just not hungry for breakfast, even after you've been up and about for an hour or two, Um, not hungry at all for breakfast, not really a good steady appetite for meals. And then often at night, you're feeling wired instead of tired. Or sometimes I even call it tired wired, where your body feels exhausted, but your mind feels wired. So as you can see, I'm painting this picture of just feeling arrhythmic, right? Out of touch with the rhythm of the day. I'm tired in the morning and wired at night. Why can't I just flip that energy cycle and have it go the other way and then your day would go a lot more easily, right? Well, the reason that you can't just do that, you know, lickety split with the the snap of a finger is because it takes shifting your behaviors and it takes a little bit of time for your body to catch up and realign after you've shifted those behaviors. But that shift is going to be something that you are so glad you did. So if you're feeling blocked in your healing process, if you're just feeling kind of stagnant and frustrated, Again, whether it's that weight that won't budge, your hormones feel out of whack, your appetite and metabolism are all over the place, or your anxiety is really spiked, I want you to consider these three lifestyle practices. So these are the three things that I do every day. And no exceptions, I I say no exceptions, but you know, if there is something that comes up, um, you know, out of my control. I might have to make an exception for this, but when I can control any variables in my life, um, and often we can control many variables, some things we can't control, but these are the three things that I zero in on and I make sure that I have locked in every day and then every day goes more smoothly. I sleep like a champ. I'm energetic every morning. I have a metabolism that is pretty much rocking and I stay at an ideal weight really easily. So. Here are the big three lifestyle practices. Number one, early bedtime. Do you remember that saying, early to bed, early to rise, makes a person healthy, wealthy, and wise? Well, it is true. And that is exactly why these first two tips about my Dinacharya are about protecting your sleep, prioritizing your sleep, getting your sleep into a healthy routine. That is really the secret to creating healthy circadian rhythm. And by optimizing sleep, you're going to boost your mood. You're going to stabilize your mood. You're going to balance your hormones. You're going to support healthy metabolism and so much more. So one of my favorite functional medicine doctors, Dr. Aviva Ram, she is a trusted resource. She has an amazing podcast called On Health, and she's just excellent. I love her books. Uh, And she says, if there is a fountain of youth, it is sleep. And Ayurveda would absolutely support and agree with this. Early to bed, early to rise. And if you have a problem waking up in the morning and you're groggy in the mornings, we've got to look at your bedtime. So ideally, you're going to be getting in bed around 10 o'clock at the latest. It'd be great if you were falling asleep 
at 9.30, 9.45, or 10 o'clock. And now if this is completely the opposite of what you're doing right now with clients, I always recommend incrementally moving up that bedtime in 15-minute increments. So you know you're not going to shift from hitting the sack at 2 a.m. to going to bed at 10 a.m. that next night. You know That's just not going to happen. So we can incrementally move up. And I talk to my clients all the time about sleep hygiene and ways that we can get our melatonin back on track so we're getting sleepy at the right time. We're getting wonderful sleep. I want to talk to you a little bit about why Ayurveda says that it's so important to get in bed early. So regarding Ayurveda, you've probably heard me talk about the concept of dosha. The doshas are vata, pitta, and kapha. And if you want to find out your dosha or your constitution for free, you can hop on my website and take my free dosha quizzes. I have one that will help you decode your physical or your body dosha and one that will help you decode your mental or your your mind dosha. They're really fun. They're free. So go ahead and get on there and do that if you have not already. But dosha is not only tied to individual human beings and our tendencies, our mind, body, spirit tendencies, but dosha is also tied to different organs of the body and different times of day. And a la our conversation about circadian rhythm and certain hormones being produced at certain times of day, certain organ systems are also active at different times of the day. And in Ayurveda, the hours of 10 p.m., to 2 a.m. are known as pitta time. And pitta is the dosha that encompasses the fire and water elements. And in our bodies, the organs associated with pitta are the small intestine and the liver primarily. There are other seats, as we call it. There are other seats of pitta in the body. But liver and small intestine are the predominant ones. And our small intestine is responsible, it's also known as our gut, but our small intestine is responsible for absorbing and assimilating nutrition from our food. So it's a really big, very transformative part of our digestion. So pitta, this fiery energy is all about the fire of transformation. And that other organ that is tied with pitta is the liver. The liver is another organ of total transformation. Your liver is the cleanser, the detoxifier of your body. And the time of day, or of night rather, when your liver is the most active is between 10 p.m. and 2 a.m. So this is like a bonus, amazing time for healing, detoxifying, rejuvenating, a time every night that your body has this great opportunity to sort of integrate experiences from your day to detoxify any chemicals from the environment or food and drink or or herbs or supplements or pharmaceuticals that you've taken in. Your body sort of gets to detox, integrate, and you know just really process all of these things. The thing is about pitta liver time, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m., is that it only really happens at its optimal level if you are asleep. So you want to be asleep in order to experience, I feel like it's sort of like a get out of jail free card, or I don't know if that's the best metaphor, but by that I mean, you know, maybe you didn't eat the best that day, or maybe you had a lot of stress that day, or you had menstrual cramps and you decided to suck it up and take some Advil um, or Aleve or whatever your over-the-counter pain reliever of choice might be. Well, if you're asleep during pitta time, your body is going to just kind of help take care of that, help reverse 
reverse any damage that might have been done by that. But if you're not asleep during that time, you don't get that liver detoxification every night. Furthermore, when we're not asleep or hitting the pillow around 10 p.m., many of us will experience this pitta time of night in the form of getting a second wind. Does this ever happen to you? I know this happens to me with my appetite. If I'm not asleep by 10 p.m., I start getting hungry again. And not just like, oh, I kind of want to munch on something, but legitimately hungry as though it's going to interfere with my sleep. So I try to be in bed by 9.30 or 10 every night, and I do it. I do it, and I love it. And this is one of the practices that helps me have great sleep every night, great energy every day. My partner even kind of jokes. He's like, you know, mama's the one of the only people in the world that just springs right out of bed. And I'm like, no, there are other people too. And they're following their dinacharya and they're getting the benefits from it. So tip number one, or my must do, my three must do daily habits, early bedtime, do it, enjoy it, love it. If you're not there, work your way up in small increments. Number two, early wake time. So they're kind of like the two sides of the same coin. They both obviously have to do with protecting sleep, with creating a beautiful ritual, rhythm, flow around your sleep, which again is the fountain of youth, the most important thing. And we want to wake up early. You know, ideally, we're all getting somewhere between seven and nine hours of sleep a night. Um, If you're kapha predominant, You can get away with a little less sleep, although kaphas tend to be a little more sluggish and lethargic and like more sleep. They like to sleep in, but it aggravates their dosha. And sleeping in, in fact, can aggravate most people's constitution. It can aggravate your body. It can set your metabolism off on the wrong track for the day. And what I mean by that is just like there's a pitta time of night and we want to be asleep, There's a natural time in the morning where our cortisol or our stress or energy hormone is just creeping up. Well, actually during this time, probably from about 6.30 to 7.30, cortisol is on a huge spike. There's like a really steep incline, like you're going up a roller coaster and you're just like almost going straight up. And we really want to ride that wave of cortisol in order to experience it as energy for our day. And just a little clarifying note on cortisol. When we think about cortisol, and these glucocorticoid hormones, we kind of vilify them. Oh, cortisol, stress hormone, it's terrible. It's going to make us gain all this weight around the middle and causes inflammation. It's the worst thing in the world. But that is not completely true. Cortisol is a very valuable hormone in our body. It's an energy hormone. It just becomes a an inflammatory stress hormone when we're producing it at wrong times or producing it constantly and when we're not metabolizing it and using it at the right times. So I want you to ride that cortisol wave and be getting out of bed between, you know, 5.30 and 7 every morning. That is the optimal wake time. I get up pretty early because I need to be up before my children or I just don't start the day on a good foot. So I wake up at about 5.15 every morning between 5.15 and 5.30. So what actually ends up happening to a lot of us, and especially this is true of those of us who are very slow to start in the morning, we feel super groggy, we don't wanna get out of bed. What often happens is that if we're sleeping in past about 7.30, we're not 
hopping on that big uptick of cortisol, that energy hormone, we're not riding it and we're kind of missing it. And we're waking up when it's already peaked and it's kind of going down. And so we wake up groggy. And sometimes we think, oh gosh, I guess I didn't get enough sleep. Or we think, gosh, I got, you know, eight or nine hours of sleep. Why am I waking up still groggy? And it's just a matter again of kind of being off of a circadian rhythm. Your rhythm is not aligned with nature's rhythm and it's not aligned with your body's true rhythm, you know, the rhythm that your body on its deepest level wants to have. And so your habits are really working against you. So again, Work up that bedtime incrementally and then shoot for an earlier wake time. Or sometimes with clients when they're trying to shift their bed and wake times, we say, hey, let's just start with sucking it up and doing an earlier wake time because if you wake up earlier, you are then bound to get tired earlier. So sometimes it's easier to start with that wake time than it is with the bedtime. One of my favorite things uh, to do, and I mentioned it a little bit earlier, but in order to feel refreshed when you wake up, if you are kind of slow to start, well, there are two things that you can do. One is keep a little bottle of peppermint essential oil by your bed. And right when you wake up, before you even get out of bed, put a little drop of that peppermint essential oil in your hand, rub your palms together, and then sniff that peppermint essential oil. I call this healthy huffing. (laughs) And what that peppermint essential oil does is it has stimulating, invigorating, and lightening properties and very cooling. So you can then massage the back of your neck with that oil. I love to get some of the oil on my fingertips and then massage my scalp. And ooh, ooh, this will stimulate and energize you right out of bed. I don't even need to do this because I'm very energetic in the mornings, but this is something that's great for you kafas out there or you folks that are just groggy and slow to start in the morning. It also smells great. It's very pleasurable as well as energizing. So that could be fun. Now watch out. Don't get it in your eyes. So the next thing to do is go right to your bathroom. You're probably going to need to pee. And then I always recommend brushing your teeth and cleaning your tongue first thing in the morning. But then to help you wake up, splash cold water on your face. At least four to six splashes of cold water. That can really invigorate you in the morning too. So we've got my must-do daily tips, numbers one and two, all about protecting, honoring, optimizing that sleep, that fountain of youth. Number three, this is a midday practice, and in Ayurveda, it's called Shata Pavali. So during the middle of the day is another pitta time of day, and this is when our gut, our small intestine, our metabolism, our digestion is really kicking. So we want to optimize that, and again, ride that wave. Don't work against this pitta time of day by rushing around and not having lunch. That's what so many people do, but to really help and boost your metabolism, we're going to practice Shata Pavali. We're going to have a sit-down lunch followed by, and this is what Shata Pavali is, followed by a short walk. So Ayurveda says at least 100 paces, and 100 paces is like not even a half of a block. So you could walk a little longer. I have kind of a short little block around where my office is, and I'll walk around that short block. Um So take a nice short walk. It doesn't have to be a power walk. This can be just a nice easy walk just to get your food moving and kind of flowing. But again, we don't need to get the heart racing here. This is a a leisurely, calm, grounding, flowy, enjoyable walk. 
So we're going to eat our sit-down lunch slowly, preferably no screens, then do a short walk out in nature, even just on you know the street, the sidewalk, followed by laying on your left side for at least five, preferably 10 minutes. And yes, this can be done on your office floor. I have done this many times. Um, you know, if you have a couch or a bed available, that's, that's even more comfortable. But it can also just be done on your office floor. I just recommend, this is very DIY, bring in a pillow if you can or a blanket or even having an extra like hoodie or cardigan in your office that, you know, you might already have one that you use if you get cold, um, but you can also use this as a pillow or blanket. So that is the practice of Shatta Pavali. And what that does is really help optimize your metabolism and sets you up for a really nice healthy bowel movement the next morning because the transit time of the lunch that you eat, that's like about the average transit time to having a healthy bowel movement the next morning. So if you're not having healthy poops in the morning and you're not having like a real food sit down lunch, this might be something that you really want to look at and that could be pivotal in helping your bowel movements get on a better path, your digestion, your metabolism get on a better path. So that sit-down lunch followed by a short walk followed by left side laying. And I will say on special days when I have extra time, I do a 20-minute yoga nidra. And this is not right for all constitutions. If you tend to have a lot of heaviness after eating, we don't want you laying down for that long. Um, but I'll attach, I'll link in the show notes the yoga nidra that I do. Um, sometimes during the day. But we really just want you doing your sit-down lunch, short walk, and just a little bit of left side laying. And it's left side because if you have normal digestive anatomy, that is the direction in which your digestion flows. Starts in your stomach, which is kind of on the upper left, goes down into your gut, and then your um, goes into your ascending colon, around to the descending colon. This is just like a big clockwise movement. And if you lay on your left, that's going to encourage the smooth movement and metabolism of your food. So there you have it. My top three Ayurvedic rituals that I cannot live without or that I choose not to live without because they have given me so many countless benefits. And even if I have a day or, you know, I go out to eat and I eat all the gluten and dairy, which I don't do often because those don't do very well for me. But, you know, the moral of the story is even if I have an off day where I'm eating or, you know, God forbid I have two alcoholic beverages one evening. <laughs> If I do these three rituals, they get me back on track every time. And these rituals are really the foundation of my day-to-day -day healthy lifestyle. Again, they have helped me more with my metabolism, healthy weight, energy, and sleep more than any single food or recipe has. So try these things out. And I hope this episode has been helpful to you. And I encourage you, if you have a friend who's interested in Ayurveda and holistic wellness, and maybe they're not so in the mood for a bunch of food and nutrition tips, but you think that they could really use these simple lifestyle tips and just get so much benefit from it, please share this episode with them. I am so grateful that you were here today. I'm so grateful and honored to take this time with you. I love you for being here, and I will see you next time. Have a great one. Thank you for being here with me today. 
Remember, you can feel your best naturally. Just try one new thing a week that you learn here and watch your body and life transform. And if you're ready to take this to the next level, learn your dosha, get your personalized holistic plan, and live beautifully balanced, you've got to come see me at sarateeple.com. That's S-A-R-A-H-T-E-E-P-L-E.com. There you can learn about how to work with me one-on-one or book a free holistic chat and just tell me what you're working on. I love to hear from you and help you live your best life. So until next time, be well. Oh, and if you love this conversation, please rate and review our podcast. That really helps more people find natural healthcare options. Thanks again and see you soon. Thank you.